mixed with humor and reflections. Enjoy wholesome conversations between two lifelong friends on their unique immigrant experiences. Welcome to That's It with Aisha and Busola. Welcome to the second episode of That's It with Aisha and Busola. Thanks for being here. In the last episode, you got to know about us in our intro episode. And in this chat, we're excited to share our culture shock experience here in America and in Australia. Speaking of culture shock, Busola, this is a wide, wide topic. So guys, this Listen. is going to be a series because <laughs> we're never going to be able to finish talking about culture shocks, Busola, you know? Never ending conversation, I'm telling yeah, you. I agree. So moving to another country can be actually very challenging and settling mm. into that country can even be more confronting. Look, because all of a sudden you start to feel like you're fish out of water and you're left to, you know, navigate through your way through for survival because mm-hmm. it's a new it's a whole new environment for you you've never been there before you don't know the people's culture you're just only going to start learning uh mm-hmm. but before we start you know i think a dictionary definition would help us here so simply put culture shock can be described as a feeling of disorientation experienced by someone who is suddenly subjected to an unfamiliar culture, way of life, or set of attitudes. So mm. today, guys, we will be sharing some of our culture shock experiences and how we were able to, you know, navigate through these issues. And I'm sure you find many of these stories relatable, like if you've moved out of your home country and relocated to another country. And just so you know, that you're not alone in this struggle you know yeah, there's so many people know. <laughs> so many people across the world who are feeling the same way and are going through you know a similar phase so yeah i guess um yeah let's get into it so just to start with my opinion i mean i guess a lot of people can relate like we said i think all immigrants or even any type of outsider experiences culture shock right aisha mm-hmm. you know except that the type of, I mean, the degree of the culture shock varies and yep. the impact also. So um, I also think no matter how much you've researched, you know, prepared, checked out photos, just getting your mind ready for, yep. you know, what you're about to experience, mm-hmm. or even if you have some level of familiarity, say as a visitor, you've gone there every now and then, yep. I honestly think you'll still experience some form of culture shock because once it gets real, like, Listen, I'm I'm plugged into this environment. You begin mm-hmm. to notice things that you had not your mind wasn't just ready for. Do you absolutely, agree that? absolutely, hundred percent. I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me just go over something I saw on a website. You know, it's called the Immigration Education Society. They're based out of Canada, and they said um, there are four stages of culture shock. The first one is called the euphoria period. And mm-hmm. the second one, stage two, is called the disenchantment. This is where it's getting real and you're getting upset. <laughs> Shit, you know? it's getting real, and, yeah. You know, <laughs> the rubber hits the road. And then the third stage is gradual adjustment or recovery. Like, after it, I've shocked, you know, I've shocked, shocked you. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, well. And then the mm-hmm. last one, stage four, is called the accept- acceptance, adjustment, or acculturation. 
stage. Oh my God. This is so, so true. Like I can completely relate with these stages. Like I went through each and every of these stages and, you know, the frustration, I mean, the euphoria first, uh, I'll say what, like when we got our visa, I remember my the first thing my husband said was, I'm going to my office today and my boss will, will hear it, you know, like we were so like excited and everything. Like honeymoon. I know, but so like, I was even in my office, like I didn't know I had gotten my visa. I was looking at them like these people don't know anything. They don't know what's yeah, happening. You photos know? And, you know, doing um, Google Maps. Do you use Google Maps and like check out mm-hmm. the streets and yeah. ah. For some reason, eh, anything somebody did to me at work, I was no longer offended. Like, if you like, walk over me. If my boss insults me, anything, I can take it. I'm just smiling sheepishly and looking at them like, you don't know nothing. I'm leaving this country. Meanwhile, Australia is like, hold my beer. You never say anything. <laughs> so yeah, I completely agree. Like I went through each and every of this stage. And I think for me now, I'm at the acceptance stage. I guess gradual adjustment for some things i think i'm in between stage Mm. three and stage four at the moment so that's a gradual adjustment slash acceptance so um yeah i guess what's it for you (laughs) busala i'll say i've gone through the stages for a lot of things all four like i'm at at some point i'm just like whoa i beg (laughs) I'm, i'm just flowing with this thing but there's some things i still struggle to you know fully accept and we'll get into that at some point but I think we should start with what was like the first or let me say what was the first major shock you experienced like the first thing that you're like what <laughs> I mean for me the very first thing I noticed when we landed in Australia is you know how you lock eyes with a complete stranger and then they automatically flash you a smile. Oh my god, I'm that's, like, that's it's so awkward. My people, what's going on here? You know, because I'm not used to that. You know, back in Nigeria, when you look at people, you just look at them and you know look away. Keep you don't smile. In fact, it's the opposite because you, you start checking your body. <laughs> If someone smiles at you random in Nigeria, you can't even think what's happening, you know, you start to become suspicious and you're wondering what's going on. You know, so for me, as soon as I landed and you know, from the airport to like on the plane and everybody is being nice or they're smiling, you know, even even when I don't know them. I, I, I'm just like, why are you smiling at me? You know, so that was like really, really shocking because I was, I won't lie, I was uncomfortable when that happened. And, yeah. you know, I'm getting used to it now. I mean, I'm now used to it because me too, I'm like, you know, pro now. I smile at strangers. I just, it's a fake smile. And I think that was what was unnerving for me in the beginning because I felt some of those smiles were not genuine. Not I think genuine, it, was just, right. yeah, it was just a polite acknowledgement that they could see you is good i mean i don't think it's a bad thing it was just something i wasn't you know used Used to at the time but fast forward to now i'm smiling auto Mm -hmm. smile you know to (laughs) random people and i guess that's the acceptance stage that we first spoke about so what was yours i I mean i had all those subliminal ones that i wasn't really Mm. processing well say the first shocker for me was when i was about to get my apartment Mm-hmm. And I found out that they pay rent month to month. You know, I mean, I didn't really rent out in Nigeria. I was living with family throughout, but I was aware yeah. that, you know, my friends, I wanted to get a part. Even you guys, you guys had to pay like the bulk money all at once yeah. and just keep it moving. Mm-hmm. But here was like you pay every month. Yeah. And then I also found out that 
it's not just that you pay when you're about to set up there. You have to pay first month, last month, and security deposit. That was shocking. And like, <laughs> that, when, when all that money left my pocket, I was like, wow. Because all, all they advertised on their website was, oh, this is your rent for the month. So I just mm-hmm. thought I'll just give them that money and I'll start living there. But, you know, I had to pay that right. some and listen, my pockets lost weight instantly. And then I also, <laughs> I found out the concept of security deposit where you pay something upfront and if you... Well, maybe I just didn't know that part because I was not really a renter. But whatever you probably like broke or they had to fix because mm-hmm. you lived there, then they'll take it out and then reimburse you the money. That was like an was shocking to me. Yeah. And then the fact that lease your lease that you sign for your rent is binding. So if you mm. can't just say I'm, this landlord is annoying me, I want to move. Like it's it's kind of difficult to break yeah. out of that. So all those kind of policies or what would I call it like rules I just found it really you know strange like wow you pay every month what if I don't have a job where do I live I've come home exactly things like that yeah and I think that's what makes it different from Nigeria although like similar to the security deposit is the um you know how you pay damages like some 60k but because you can't sometimes you can't trust like the landlords in Nigeria to return that money back to you Mm -hmm. um that's why I guess some people don't pay. But you see that lease and binding and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would happen to me in Nigeria. And another shocking thing for me was the rude awakening I had when two $50 notes fell out of my pocket. Mind you. <laughs> mind you, this was like maybe week one or week two, like when we were like almost getting broke. And oh then the two $50 notes, which was $100, fell out mm-hmm. of my pocket. Like it was almost like for a split second because everything happened so quickly. And, mm-hmm. and I realized that the money had fallen out of my pocket. I quickly went back, you know, to check my path where I was, you know, walking through an armor, it was gone. And how naive was I to think that people in the West were all saints. You know yeah, how we bro. watch movies and, you know, they portray people in the West as, you know, they're very innocent, they're very, you know, honest, honest people. Mm. And I'm like, okay, it's not only my Niger people that pick money, you know? So that was really, really shocking for me. And honestly, thinking about it now, I think I was really, really naive to actually yeah. think that people would pick up <laughs> that I was going to say, the first time ever I was, like, my pocket was picked was in New York. I was walking and this Imagine. lady just started over-complimenting my hair. She was like, oh my God, your hair is so pretty. Wow. And the next I just, I wanted to get, like, something from all those um, food trucks. And I just said, mm-hmm. she had moved 20 bucks in my pocket. I'm like, wow. Hey, these people, like, this didn't even happen to me in Lagos. You I know. know. <laughs> and then you just have that real that awakening, like oh more people are just people, period. Like it doesn't exactly. matter. It what doesn't matter whether they, they, they have an opportunity to be dishonest. If they are dishonest people, they'll 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 take your money. They will, exactly. I bawled my eyes out that day. I won't lie to you and you know want, that hundred bucks would be like one thousand dollars. It was like one million bucks. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh oh let me say one more. In America, I'm not sure how it works in Australia. Okay. So you you, we have like dollar stores and they say well everything here is one dollar mm-hmm. so in my mind I'm like ah, see soap see hand wash see this thing see towel I just pick one two three we four five them. in my mind okay. I think it's five bucks I'm going to pay and they'll be like uh no taxes like maybe one dollar so I'm like ah, wait wait why do you people call it one dollar store because I, I thought I'll just pay five bucks like I even have the full cash but then after looking for like change 
to make like mm-hmm. maybe six dollars twenty something cents, and I really struggled with that idea. So, or like when I was getting my phone and they said, oh, the phone is eight hundred and something, but by the time they add like sixty bucks track um tax to it, I'm yeah. paying almost one thousand. Like that used to blow my mind. Like, can you guys just put everything inside the final money so that mm-hmm. we can know mm-hmm. what we're up against? You know. But I'm mean, I'm kind of adjusted to that now anyway. I think that would be really annoying. That I don't that that doesn't happen yeah, here. No, we don't. I yeah. think because you you kind of know upfront what you're getting into in Australia. So I think I would be really annoyed <laughs> with that kind of I, system. That one one. <laughs> or the, actually, I think the dollar tree one was the one that shocked me the most. I'm like, then why did you guys call it? Do- so everything mm-hmm. you pick one dollar, one dollar, one dollar, and then by the time you get to the counter, they go um plus. Whatever tax, like who has time for that kind of calculation? Yeah, I know, I know. So I guess uh, in Australia, speaking of Australia, because Australia is highly multicultural, so I learned like you know new shocking stuff every now and again about many different cultures and races. Some of which I I choose not to mention here, of course, for the fear of being misconstrued and all of that. And I just also still can't get to used to people having sandwiches as lunch like <laughs> I still I mean I have my amala and my poundo even hey, there was a time I took, food. I know I took my moy and Gary to work back when I was working with Samsung and people were looking at me like I'm like you know what I can't come and kill myself you know so I guess for you Busala is, I know it's been almost six years that you've been work. I mean living I'm sorry in the US mm-hmm. what do you still continue to find shocking I, I think I still struggle with how some people are just okay with not acknowledging you when they come into the same space with you. I'll explain. Like, so you know the way we Nigerians, we can greet for Africa. Like, right I see you in the morning. Is how far? Good afternoon. Hey, what's up? Like, you just mm-hmm. always acknowledge the person. Either you say hi, give a nod, or just plain greet right. them. Like, you know, like you're just missing them again. But hey, you can see someone that will come into your office space or wherever you are, and crickets. Like <laughs> no sound, just like like moving on. Like uh-huh. I'm here for my business, whatever. Like zero greeting, and the Nigerian in me is just like, where's your home training? You know, I like where really your manners. <laughs> you know? I know, and I used to, I, I really used to struggle with that. Like you, you don't rate me enough to greet me or say mm-hmm. hi or just acknowledge mm-hmm. me. And I, I, my, my naive mind was thinking, you know, greeting is a kind of universal thing but for some people it's not and no. at this point I'm just like listen I've learned to just think that's your personal problem not mm-hmm. mine like we move mm-hmm. I can't even shout like if I you don't greet me I'm fine with it but like it was just so unnerving like just say hi or at least I mean just give me that fake airport give the fake airport smile or something zero yeah. like, you know just it, it was just so weird for me Let's even talk about food, Busola. I mean, like, what kind of food shocked you? For me, honestly, like, I was really, really shocked. And it was a rude shock when I saw the corn, sweet corn, the bread. Nothing oh, like banana. Nigerian like, bread. Nothing like a gege bread, you know? The, the bananas, then the orangey orange. Because I'm like, okay, I know it's orange. Don't get me like wrong. like the Mediterranean one that is orange on yes, the outside. because our orange is yellow now, you know? And oh, the potatoes, green, like, yeah. everything. It was it was really shocking, you know, I won't lie, because I like my food 
the way it is. But then yeah. it was just completely different. You I know? don't think I can get over that chalk-like banana thing. Like, I, pff, listen, I'm, I can't even, I can't deal. So for me, I, I could say, I could swear that there are some foods I would even never eat. Like, this is beyond the bananas and, like, I'll just eat for my fan like, nah, I'm not eating uncooked vegetables like spinach, kale, and all those things. Salsa, it looked like uncooked um, pepper, blended mm-hmm. pepper, you know, or pickles. I could not, for the life of me, I could not understand. Like, how do people even eat all these things raw? Like, you know, like, eating effort, like, in my mind, I was processing, like, ugu. Those things were mm-hmm. meant to be cooked, you know? Mm. I mean, I mean, down the line, I just got used to it. I tried them. I mean, I had, I had to work on the openness of my mind for some things. And now I really love to eat them, especially my sandwiches. Yeah. But there's still some things that um, I will not be able to eat though. Sushi. Sushi is number one. I the love chocolate sushi. Man. <laughs> you love sushi. I love sushi. Yeah. Okay. I can eat sushi. You don't cook fish or whatever you people call that thing. Bananas can't like I can't eat rub I can't eat banana. Maybe I can try it in a smoothie, but like eat actual bananas. I can't wait mm-hmm. to go to Nigeria for that. Have you had popo before in the abroad? No, I haven't tried. I don't think I'll try oh it. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't think so. It's, it's, it's the worst. Olives, I don't understand why that thing is acknowledged as food. Mushrooms, I call it yeah. disappointed meats. I can't even deal like mushroom. Oh, I'll just not. I will not cross the line with those things. I I know that my taste buds have adjusted over time, but I I won't be able to. Nah, I can't. Like, I think like you, but Salah. I mean, things like pickles. I could swear I would never eat pickles but if you go into my fridge now i have like two to three jars of pickles and i'm yeah. you know munching on them i'm like ah, ah me and me no you know me mm-hmm. i'm eating pickles you know <laughs> and all of that so yeah um i guess with the mushroom and things like that i grew up eating mushrooms like my mom would put it inside Why? and see and go see and say it's meat <laughs> it tastes like nonsense meat like something that was meant to be missed but just got distracted no, down like i love mushrooms no no Mushroom. i love mushrooms i don't agree with you on that one like, i love mushrooms yeah i do disappointed meat that's what i call it you get out Anyway, no. <laughs> I don't agree. <laughs> but yeah, me too. Like, anyway. I feel like my taste buds have, like, you know, greatly adjusted. Oh, yeah, if sure. I were to go back to Nigeria now and I had to eat, like, corn, I probably wouldn't enjoy the corn in Nigeria anymore because the sweet corn here is softer and it's sweeter compared yeah, to, it's you know, very to versatile. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So let, let's 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 go in another direction for a minute. What do you okay. think about the healthcare system when you compare it to the Nigeria system? So like, what what was one of the first things that stood out to you? Like, okay, I think that one shocked me. All. So I guess you know. <laughs> It's how if they want to administer like a medication or vaccine. I think I'll talk about vaccine particularly mm-hmm. um, when they want to give like your child a vaccine or even you yourself. They will show you the name. They'll show you the expiry dates. They'll give you like mm-hmm. a plain sheet of all the symptoms of what you will feel after. Mm-hmm. Although I'm not going to lie. There's one particular hospital we used back then in Surulere for, you know, mm-hmm. my son, Kishi. And they did that to us, which was shocking. I'm not going to lie. Because mm-hmm. I hadn't experienced that in Nigeria. But that yeah, happened that in that particular. Cool. Yeah. It's a pediatrician. Like, it's a, it's a children's hospital in somewhere in Surulere. I can't remember the name of that hospital. But they did that. But that's... I find that it's commonplace here in Australia, you know, with the telling you that um 
the expiry dates. They give you all these shits to read. They even sometimes mm-hmm. get consent. And speaking of consent, Busola, <laughs> that one shock me. You know, like before they really like pretty much do anything, they gain consent. I remember when I was pregnant. You know, before I had the baby, they'll tell you to sign consent whether things go wrong. You want to do CS? Like they literally take you through everything. Niger, I don't know, but my Niger people. <laughs> I just remembered my experience where I was supposed to have like something similar to a pap smear for the mm-hmm. first time. This must have been like 2014, 2015. In Nigeria? Uh, in Nigeria, in Lagos. I don't want to mention the name of the hospital because it's actually a good hospital, but they just had okay. one really bad bad nurse. Mm-hmm. I mean, TMI, sorry if you are not comfortable. And this man walks in with that, you know, giant whole thing, appliance, zero pre-information, zero preparing my mind, and it's just said, auntie, off your pints. I'm, like, I'm like, what? I'm like, what, what are you trying to do? She said, you know, here when the doctor said that make I collect sample that we are here be fast. And then I was still trying to figure out like adjusting and she oh just brings out this massive phallic thing and was trying to poke it into me and I screamed. She's like, wait a minute. No, because your boyfriend, they take him choking. I'm like, what? Oh my God. I was, actually, I was in tears trying to adjust my underwear. And I was doing this on the way out. So, and there were people like waiting the reception. I knew like a lunatic, zero preparedness. Fast forward to when I came to America and I had to have a similar probe. And I was like, yeah. okay, so now you're going to feel this and you're going to do that. I and know. This is the sensation. And like, yeah. at some point, my doctor was even crying because of our, I was, I mean, she was, we, we bonded really high. She was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm violating you and da da da. So they gave me mm. an alternative, you know, process for that. But I'm Nigeria. That woman, she didn't have time. Like, off your pipe. <laughs> So I remember another one you told me about that ambulance story that you said. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I didn't know, I didn't know they pay for ambulance. So I did mm-hmm. not know they pay for ambulance in this country. Yeah, I, I mean, and it makes sense because you need to keep those um, services running with with money and funding, of right? Of course. But that's how. <laughs> well, there was one that happened to me, but the funnier one that was the one that happened to someone I know who mm-hmm. had gotten tipsy or maybe drunk or something, and then was yeah. in the in a store. I was trying to get a drink <laughs> and then because she was lightheaded she just decided to like take a break and like maybe kneel down or something just try mm. to get comfortable without falling down okay. and then this shopper saw her and was like oh my god we have an emergency call an ambulance with her drunk mind she was saying I'm so no he never rich to call ambulance in this country <laughs> And the woman was like, shh, be quiet. You had the something wrong with you. You know, call up. That's how they call ambulance for this girl. They charged her mile. Aisha. By the time she saw her bill, over drinking, how much? How much was the alcohol? That's the alcohol. How the bill these people brought? Because oh I mean, they God. took her to the hospital for what? Being tipsy. You know, it, it, all those. Uh, all those experiences, man, like, that's was really busting funny. my head. That's Another really one I should, I should talk about was, me, I didn't know that <laughs> there was a difference between hospital and doctor's office. So there was one day I was just, mm-hmm. you know, you know the way at work, they'll be asking all this, oh, how did you spend the weekend? And I was like, oh, I went to the hospital over the weekend. You and they'll be like, the what? Of, the look of concern <laughs> on their face, like, ah, something bad had happened to me. I'm not mm-hmm. looking like, everything ah, happened, like, maybe normal hospital. Just clinic now. And I know that, <laughs> I don't know that doctor's office. I mean, I just went to see a doctor, like regular appointments, okay. right? And yeah. for them, 
Hospital is hospital. Like you go to doctor is hospital. You go to doctor. <laughs> I know. Like, In Nigeria. Know she's like, yeah. I said, oh, like why are you hospitalized and something happened. I said, Auntie, I go to the doctor for you know normal. She's like, oh, no, like there's difference between doctor's office and like hospital is actually when you go to like where the doctor sends you when you're like really sick and then like, like you the need ED. To, yeah. Ah. Oh, I said, you your wallet is too much. Oh, oh, and then the last one, I feel like I'm talking too much, but the last one is um, they never know the prices of anything, like the cost of anything. That's how, you know, mm-hmm. that whole probe thing I told you they were trying to do for me in the yeah. US. Then I said, oh, because I was really resistant that um, they would rather do a CT scan for me that it would give them the same results. And then I said, my sister, please, how much is CT scan? <laughs> yeah. I said, oh, um, we really don't know the price for these things. And I said, ha. And I was Googling that thing as she was talking to me, like, Jesus Christ, how much is CT scan in Illinois? Zip how much did they end up killing you? How much was the bill? I think it came to about like 3,000 or something like because it what? was like multiple processes but yeah, it was oh a lot of money God. and it was insurance that was telling me oh my, that's how I shall go financial aid in the end though, because I'm not going to be using school fees to, <laughs> to pay adjust my stomach it is scan money <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> I know that was, that was that was yeah it was a big learning curve for me to, to understand how that of, yeah it's a big it's a big curve I guess um, you have to go through as an immigrant in the country but I mean how do you navigate the whole shocking experience you know like the coping methods I mean how do you do it because it's a lot to take in I mean it can be overwhelming yeah. at the same time I think for on certain things, I don't think there's like that blanket, you know, here's a mm-hmm. one plus one equals two method to right. handle it. But I think over time on certain issues, openness of mind mm-hmm. matters. So like, for example, for food, I used to be very close, even in, within Nigeria, you know, the way we are very multi-ethnic. Yeah. I, I struggled with just try i wasn't very adventurous with food but just being open-minded has helped me so far so it's like if people mm-hmm. eat this thing there must be a way about it They're acquiring the taste acquiring the taste or yeah you know or right. just adapting to it um and then the next thing is ad- acknowledging my bias because there's some things that i have already deemed a certain way like i already have a sentiment mm-hmm. about and then i'll my i'll be in a flight mode for things like that so Acknowledging my bias, like, oh, this thing is actually, it's not necessarily wrong, it's just different. And that leads to the next yeah. point where I try not to rank things. So, for example, family values, I, I hope we get to talk about that in the next episode, you know, where I'm like, this is this is just their way of doing things, right? So, um, say blended families, for example, it is their thing, they, they have a system that helps it work and function, and it's not necessarily a matter of right or wrong, it's just different. And with, with those things, I think I've been able to get to that acceptance stage. You know, the four stages we talk, talked about, I've been able to get mm-hmm. to the acceptance stage faster. But then again comes the aspect of how much can I accept? How much can I accul- be accul- acculturized? What's that word? Acculturized? Whatever. That mm-hmm. word, Sha. How much do I adjust <laughs> in this system yeah. without losing my sense of self as a Nigerian where I know mm-hmm. that, oh, there are certain beliefs that I know that I cannot, um, you know, compromise I think for me, I mean, I agree with you, Pasala. There's that constant conflict in terms of, you know, not wanting to lose yourself 
you're not mm-hmm. even wanting you're not trying i mean you get to lose some part of yourself i mean Absolutely. for me i struggled majorly in parenting like you know how oh, parents hell. in nigeria and in here like there's some things we do that some people frown at they just mm-hmm. don't understand you know sometimes that we yell and whatnot you know all of those or many like different things child yeah there's an even spanking and i think that's something we will talk about you know in our later episodes <laughs> as well like spanking yeah. your children you know parenting discipline and all of this kind of stuff um i guess um you know there's also the different you know vocabulary and all of that stuff <laughs> <laughs> the specific <laughs> lingos and you know all of yeah. those things I, I know one we were talking about Busola was you know how they say are you are you mad at me or are you mad and oh, yeah, then, in America yeah they'll say that and you know the Nigerian my person in me is saying like I asked me if I'm like what it meant like am I crazy are you mad <laughs> like, oh, are my, you, are you? yeah even my son would ask me mommy are you mad and I'm thinking the Nigerian part of me is to say in the name of Jesus mad I'm a you know um so yeah all the uh, other ones, you know, um, even sometimes when they say how I, well, that one is not really a big deal, but I know sometimes when they say how are you, it's just, or how are you doing, how's it going, it's just, I'm just greeting you and I'm passing, you know. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, you can easily get carried away. It's where you feel like you're close to the person and you want to be like, oh, I'm fine, no, that this thing even happened. I, for them, just like, <laughs> my dear, I'm just, <laughs> it's I'm not just that asking deep. a I'm simple just, question. <laughs> exactly, I'm just greeting you and let, let's keep it moving. Let's um, keep it simple. Some technologies, you know, like, like I said, security deposit. I think in Nigeria we call it damages. Um, you know, just it, it comes and it goes, and it depends on what part of the country you are. Also, you know that mm-hmm. those lingos will pop up, and you'll be like, "What does this? Why are you even saying this?" Oh, for example, soda. Like, um, what do we call it in Nigeria? Min- minerals. Minerals. <laughs> soft drinks. No, what we call soft drinks in some minerals. parts you hear them say soda. I know in Illinois, I heard a lot of people say pop, but I know that they call it pop in like P.O.P. in some other parts of the country also. It, it, it varies a lot. Um, yeah. Purse. The difference between your purse and your bag. In Nigeria, bag is bag. Purse is mm-hmm. what we call wallets, like where you put your money. So yeah. I remember I said, oh, I changed my purse. I, I changed my bag today. So I left my keys at home. And the person is looking like, huh? I'm like, my bag. Someone said, oh, she left her purse at home and she's done something. I said, my dear, bag, bag is the one that's carrying all the books at the purse. It's where you're keeping your money, you know? Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, you people are stressing my life for bag, Lamanke, you know? I know. But, um, I know. It, it, it's just interesting how over time you get used to um, some of these differences and the ability to adapt, adapt fast, you know, is very helpful. It's very helpful. What are some things you guys say in Australia? I guess soft drinks here would be like fizzy drinks. Um, fizzy drinks. I think another one was um, nappy. They call it nappy, nappy here. Nappy, what we call diaper. Oh my gosh. They call it nappy. And you know what we call sweets? They call it lollies. Wait, what Americans would call candy? Exactly. So what we call Yo. sweets, they say lollies. <laughs> You know, there's, wow. there's quite a fair bit of that. Look, there's so much to talk about on this topic, Busala. I know culture I know. shock sometimes is an opportunity to actually evaluate your own assumptions and perceptions and how those per- perceptions, you know, affect the way you think or act. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's just more about learning or learning and relearning, you know, as you go. 
Absolutely. And you know, like you said, one episode will not do justice. So we are definitely coming back on this topic in the next episode. We'll talk about many other areas that we as people experience culture shock and, you know, we'll focus on what we can learn from it. Like what culture does to us, how we can use the experience to evaluate and find healthy ways to balance our beliefs, our original beliefs, you know, and the new culture in in a way that helps Mm -hmm. our lives to be better. Right. So thank you very much, guys, for listening to the very end. To keep this conversation going, we would love to hear your experiences on our Instagram page, which is at tiwab.podcast, which is T-I-W-A-B dot podcast. And we'll be sure to catch you on there. Until next time, guys, that's it with Aisha Ambusola. This podcast is produced by Historia County Audio Network. If you enjoyed this conversation with Aisha Ambusola, you are welcome to follow this show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Relevant links and show notes will be in the description. Until next time, that's it for now.